0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Who Are You and What Do You Do? As always, I'm your host, Chris Coley, and today I have some esteemed guests from the City of Brunswick. I have Teresa Bino, the Clerk of Courts, and Matt Lanier, the Prosecutor for the City of Brunswick. How are you guys this afternoon?
1: Good. Good, good. Thanks for having us.
0: All right, so we'll we'll get things rolling here on this episode and talk to you guys a little bit about you know some of the different aspects of what you guys do here for for the city so we'll start off with how long have you guys worked for the city of Brunswick
2: Uh, I've worked for the city 22 years now okay approximately 20 years
0: Oh wow! so very similar yeah Um, have you always been in this role within the city of Brunswick or have you you know had different positions
2: well I started off as part-time assistant clerk of courts I was at for about eight years and then there was an opening over at the fire department for a, a clerk for the EMS billing so that was a full-time position so I took that and I was there for two years and then I came back as the clerk of courts probably 12 years ago.
0: Interesting, that's, that's kind of a different a lot different contrast the fire yeah. department versus the courts.
2: Yeah I just wanted to have a full-time job instead of part-time so that's why I switched.
0: Understandable, yeah. <laughs> understandable. Matt.
1: Uh, I've been uh, the prosecutor that whole time.
0: So what led you to the positions that you're in right now?
2: Um, well for the clerk of courts I mean well originally I will say I was um, before I started working for the city I was a dispatcher at Hinckley Police Department and it just wasn't for me <laughs> so um, there was a uh, test for clerk two at Brunswick, So I took the test and then um, was interviewed, and then that's when I got the part-time clerk of courts.
1: In in my case, I grew up in Medina County. I went to to high school here in Medina County. I'd gone away to school and and away for law school. I came back and started practicing law in probably 1998. Why I first started, I got an opportunity to do some special projects for a prosecutor's office in the city of Medina. And the chief prosecutor there was a man by the name of John Lone, who who went on to become a a probate judge. But at that time, I did some special projects for him. He had been a former Brunswick City prosecutor. Uh, Within a few months after that, he became aware that there was going to be an opening here in the city of Brunswick. And at that time, the law director was Tim Reed. John and, and Tim uh, knew each other, and John recommended uh, me for the position, even though I was young and hadn't been out of school but for maybe a, a couple years. I uh, thought I might be a good fit and, and be willing to do it. I interviewed with Mr. Reed, and he offered me a spot, and I came on, and I've been here ever since.
0: So where did you go to undergrad and law school at?
1: So I, I, went, I graduated from Medina High School and the first year I went to Syracuse University in New York. I ended up transferring to a smaller college here in Ohio because I wanted to uh, play sports. So I transferred to Ohio Wesleyan University in Delaware, Ohio. That, uh, that's where I graduated from and from there I went out of state to the University of Miami in Florida to law school. But I had, uh, I had some family down there, which is kind of why I went down there. But I had some family up here as well, and I ended up coming back here after I graduated. I didn't even take the Florida bar exam. I just came straight back to Ohio and started practicing here, and I'm still here.
0: Quite a change of, of landscape between Delaware, Ohio, and Ohio Wesley, yeah. and then uh, I believe Coral Gables at the University yeah. of Miami. So
1: Yeah, so Syracuse, New York was, you know, a little bit of a shock for an 18-year-old kid who had, was born and raised here in Madonna County. And so I was probably a little overwhelmed with, with just how different it was. Uh, and then, you know, when I went down to Coral Gables, it was also a lot, a lot different than, than the Midwest. The climate, the population, you know, you know, on and on. But I was four years older and it was probably a little bit able, you know, a little bit better, able to adjust to, to different, different things and I excelled there and I really enjoyed it and I have a younger sister, a few years younger, who followed me down to University of Miami and she ended up staying. So she still lives there, she, she married a man from Miami and her family's there so it gives me a good, you know, good place to go back and visit.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, Matt talked about being from here, in, you know, from Medina, going to Medina High School. Teresa, are you from Medina County or from
2: Brunswick? No, I grew up in Strongsville. Strongsville. Oh, enjoy. all right, I, so yeah. just right over just, the, just yeah. down the road, <laughs> County. Yeah, so I grew up in Strongsville, and then when I got married, I moved to North Worrellton, and that's where I've been.
0: You talked a little bit about starting in, in dispatch and then moving over yeah. to, um, you know, what was that experience like?
2: It, it was interesting. You know, I I kind of. Went to Hinkley because I thought it was a smaller, you know, but I don't know. I just didn't really like um, Dispatching I guess I got too nervous. I think nine one one. I was just like it stressed me out all the time So I was just like I need to get out of this and so that's when there was the opening in Brunswick And that's what I did. So
0: what attracted you obviously each each entity is all related to local government was that always your your kind of goal or?
2: No, because Hinkley. that was the first time I worked for government. I worked at different uh, uh, offices, and so, just I mean, kind of fell into it, really.
0: I guess I'll pose the same question you Matt. Was was the goal to always be in this type of prosecutor role, or was, you know, you talked a little bit about how you got there, but, uh, you know, was this always the, the type of work you saw yourself doing?
1: No, no. I, uh, through high school and then college, uh, I was in a internship program at a bank, a local bank, so they were recruiting high school seniors to try to interest folks into getting into banking, and I started working for a bank that was called Ameritrust at the time, and I worked there uh, all through college. In the first couple years of law school, it got bought out by a bank called Society, and then Society Bank got bought out by a bank, uh, Key Bank, which is still around. So I was kind of on a track To get into banking so I majored in accounting so I was on the accounting banking track and the summer before my last year of law school I had an opportunity to work with a local attorney Um, and so I told the bank I'm gonna explore this uh, for several weeks over the summer and it just kind of sparked my interest and, and I saw a little bit of everything so even at that point I wasn't for sure I'm going to be a prosecutor or I'm going to work for the the city or the government uh, I was seeing a lot of different things and then when I got asked to do a couple of special projects in the city of Medina for, for the mayor the law director and the prosecutor down there um, I kind of liked it I kind of enjoyed it but even then I wasn't you know gonna building the resume or submitting applications to cities all around to or the county to do prosecution work but I liked it and then when i got the opportunity to interview for brunswick i met with mr reed and explained kind of what the job entailed and it, it interested me and so i i said yeah i want i want to do it and i even at that point i didn't know yeah i'm going to do it for over 20 years but it was it seemed interesting and uh, you know it was it was a combination of you know not only dealing as a prosecutor not only dealing with with the city and law enforcement side of it but i was dealing with a lot of the defense attorneys i was dealing with a lot of the the victims and witnesses to the alleged defense and we're getting in court a lot because those the criminal and traffic trials um you know the ones that don't settle are on uh, there's there's time limits to bring those those folks to trial and so i was getting into court and that seemed you know exciting and, and i was learning a lot and i'm sure i was not you know very good at the front end but I worked hard and I tried to, to learn how to how to do a better job and you know started winning the cases and and uh, I just I still like it I still like it to this day I have a nice time I'm always appreciative of of the city for taking a chance on a young kid really so to speak and uh, so I've always always been very appreciative and I you know I, I treat the job just as serious 20 years later is when it started.
0: That's really enlightening to hear, all of that. Uh, so we'll go into now, you know, what are the different responsibilities of, of either of your positions? So either one of you can can pick the answer first, I, I guess. No buzzers here, sorry about that. Can't buzz <laughs> in first, though. but.
2: Well, um, so we have court every week. So we're always preparing for that. and And that's like a weekly basis, you know. And my responsibility is that um, the money aspects of it, taking the collecting the, the money for the fines, and um, also, you know, the people who don't appear in court or don't answer to their charges. There's warrants that are issued, license forfeitures, registration blocks, things like that. That's a lot of um, my responsibility.
1: So for me, it's it's prosecuting the cases I, and basically that means in a given week you know police officers for the city of Brunswick uh, as well as the Sheriff's Department and the Highway Patrol have jurisdiction to issue citations in, inside the city limits but they'll issue traffic tickets uh, and sometimes there'll be criminal complaints so I handle misdemeanors which is everything from speeding tickets, Driving under suspension, operating a vehicle under the influence, and then also uh, quite an array of criminal complaints, theft, disorderly conduct, assault, domestic violence, uh, menacing by stalking, trespassing, drunken disorderly. So those tickets and complaints get issued throughout the week and they get cited into into court and a big percentage of those people will come in and plead guilty or no contest and accept responsibility and the mayor will, will give them a fine, uh, maybe uh, some jail time, maybe some suspended jail time. He might order them to, to go to a driver intervention program, those sorts of things. But there's always a, another percentage of people that come in and say not guilty. I did not do anything wrong. I don't, I don't want to accept responsibility, whatever the case is. We don't have contested trials in the mayor's court, we transfer those cases down to Madani Municipal Court, and they get set for trial. And a lot of those people will either hire or have an attorney appointed. And then there's always a few that they just want to represent themselves. So I go to the mayor's court, and I see all the people that come in on the front end. And again, a big percentage of those are just trying to get the case worked out. Uh, But there are always you know some that want to contest the case and that's fine They have the right to do that. We'll transfer those cases to Medina Uh, They'll go out to Medina it'll get set for trial and then as the prosecutor. I'll make contact with uh, my arresting officers I'll get copies of their police reports if they have body cam footage or, or cruiser camera footage We'll get copies of that any photos that they took Uh, then also we'll make contact with there's a a lot of times witnesses to these in these cases and they you know they have issued uh, written statements they might have pictures they took on their phones or video they took so I'll I'll look at the entire report and all the people figure out who, who do we need to bring in to to prosecute the case sometimes it's everybody and sometimes there's duplicative witnesses so we'll narrow it down and I issue subpoenas Bailiff at the court will serve everybody that that needs to come in for the trial subpoena uh, with my contact information. And then we'll have a trial date. Some of the cases settle as it gets closer to trial, and some of them don't. So we'll maintain contact, uh, uh, especially if there's a victim of a crime, maintain maintain contact with them, keep them updated. And if, if there's going to be a trial, we'll have to meet with them, at least by telephone, if not in person, kind of prepare, let them know. A lot of times, as you can imagine a victim of a crime's nervous, concerned about going to court, spending a day in court, testifying, confronting, you know, the, the individual individuals that did this. So, maintain contact with them, prepare them for the trial if it's going to go forward. And then, if there's a trial, I'm I'm there as the prosecutor. The defendant's there either with an attorney or, or without. It's in front of Judge Gary Warner in Medina. He used to be the uh, used to be the mayor here. Uh, The defendants get to choose if they want to go to trial in front of the jury or trial to the judge. If it's a trial to the judge, Gary just hears everything and makes the decision. If they want to go to trial to a jury, the first part of the trial then will be we'll uh, pick a jury. So they'll summons in quite a few people in the the community that that live in our jurisdiction. You could have 30 or 40 people, and we are going to pick eight to sit on the jury and then an alternate sometimes two alternates, and then they'll be the folks that decide guilty or not guilty. Then I'll put the case on. We'll call, call the officers to testify, call the other witnesses, call the victim, ask them questions, they'll answer the questions. Uh, when we are done, we rest, and then the defense, they get to put on a case if they choose to do so. And then we get a final rebuttal case if we choose to do so and then either the judge decides or the jury goes back and deliberates and decides so that's 90 percent of what i do is that whole process from beginning to end Uh, a small percentage is officers go out on a call and they may have some questions there they're not sure if a crime has been committed if so what's the crime and or who needs to be charged so before even anybody's been charged, I'll get some police reports to review and help make the decision on what we're gonna do. And sometimes I have to send out officers for a little bit more work because I need a little bit more information. Sometimes I'll have to call uh, some of these witnesses or victim and and talk in person, get some more information from them. And then at the end of that, I have to make a decision. if, If there's probable cause that a crime has been committed, then I'll authorize the police department to go ahead and, and prepare a complaint and serve the complaint on, on the individual and, and then sometimes though there's not you know i can't prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt there's not there's not enough probable cause and and we have to decline to file the charge um, so either way we're going to let the, the people that have requested we review it know our decision and, and and sometimes they're happy you know if we go with what they think it should be and and then the other person they. Thought the opposite, they're unhappy, or vice versa. If we charge somebody, you know, the person being charged always thinks they shouldn't be. And uh, then if we don't charge somebody, the person that filed the complaint is upset. Why didn't you charge the other person? So, you know, I have an assistant prosecutor, Santo and that can help me review some of those. If I'm not sure, I have some questions. But so that's probably 10% of what we do is reviewing those and making decisions uh santo also can cover at the mayor's court we, do, we meet every week on tuesday night if, if i'm unavailable he can cover that and then depending on how many cases get transferred out to medina if a lot are sent out there uh, the docket can get pretty big and, and so some days we both have to go and some days i just have to go um, the only other thing i'll say about the mayor's court is only brunswick city officers use the mayor's court So, if Highway Patrol is running routine traffic patrol on 71, but it's inside Brunswick city limits, they're going to send their tickets right to Medina. The people won't have a chance to go to the mayor's court first. Same with Sheriff department. If sheriff's investigating something or doing traffic in, in the city limits, any tickets or complaints they issue just go right to Medina.
0: So, obviously a very thorough process to what your job entails and maybe this sounds like a light question, but how do you keep all that stuff organized? All that different information, all these different cases that could come through, and, you know, what? what is your organizational system for all that kind of stuff?
1: Well, we set up a, you know, a, a paper file, which we have a lot of the information in there. Um, any electronic um, emails or anything that we're doing, you know, we'll print copies and stick it in there. But the main thing is, I think just with me, I'm pretty good with the details i remember the names i remember the facts i remember the officers i remember the people so i can read something once or hear it once and i won't remember it forever but i'll remember it for a pretty long time which will help me then if i have looked at something and then i have a phone conversation a week later i'm pretty good at remembering enough of the details to answer some questions or ask some of my own Um, but, yeah, that, you know, that's, that's why maybe, you know, that, that could be a part of the job that's not, that's not good for everybody. There's so many cases coming through, and I do some prosecution work for some other cities and townships. And so although, you know, I tell people, you know, I don't handle felony matters, and felonies are more serious. Uh, that would be murder, rape, kidnapping, um, burglary robbery you know those cases are more serious and 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 the and the defendants are looking at prison terms you know or very serious sanctions for those uh, but there's way 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 less of those you know think about all the traffic tickets and and uh, all the disorderly conducts and all that stuff so although there's not as much at stake on an individual case at the misdemeanor level as far as a prison term or the fines or that sort of thing, um, there's just a ton of them, and they just keep coming. You know, every officer that's on a shift is out there working and doing their job, and working doing their job, especially if you're assigned to traffic, is you're watching people drive. And, and as you have seen when you drive, or as you can imagine, people aren't, aren't paying attention when they're driving, and they drive fast, and people drive a little reckless, so there's just all kinds of traffic tickets issued. So, um, you know, another thing we try to do is is, uh, is 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 try to keep them moving in the system and, and work either let's get it resolved or let's have the trial. But the one thing I don't like is let's drag a case out for a long periods of time. I, I want to get it done. If you want your trial, I'm good with that. That's that's your right. But let's go ahead and have the trial then. Let's let somebody decide this because I, I just need to close the file because I got you know 99 more right behind it. Right.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a question as somebody who's always constantly trying to improve his organizational skills. And I, I'm just fascinated by the fact that you have that much information, those many different things all going on at the same time and keeping those all as straight. And even the way that you explain that, I mean, it was very orderly and things like that. So uh, I appreciate that insight that you gave. So uh, both of you have been in the city of Brunswick for a long time. So what's it been like seeing the city sort of progress and, and build itself up from you know when you first started to where it is now
2: well when I first started it, it seemed like there was a, a a lot more workers a lot more full-time people and as the years went on they kind of uh, more part-time people more but it's been good I mean it, it seems like it's been uh, growing and it's doing good and the police and fire because I was at fire you know it, it's all good I, I mean I think it's it's been good since I've started. It's it's just the only thing I noticed was that it was a lot, it used to be a lot more full-time people, now a lot more part-time people.
1: I think the caseload by size has stayed somewhat similar over the time. We used to do mayor's court only once every two weeks, and so instead of having you know, half of those people come the first week and half the second, so to speak. It would be a longer mayor's court. Yeah. Um, so it worked, even though we're actually, you know, we're, we're going to open up the building, you know, once a week now at night instead of just once every two weeks, and that, you know, is, you know, causes us to have bailiff availability every week and clerk availability every week, prosecutor availability every week. It, I think, it was a little bit better. The courts would be pretty long and run. Could run pretty late into the mm-hmm. evening. Yeah, it was late. Um, you know, uh, instead you know instead of it being, for instance, two hours every week, it could be four hours. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: and we didn't start. We started a little earlier now. I think we were maybe starting at five thirty then. Yeah. And you could have a four, four and a half hour core. I mean, you could be there till like nine thirty or ten. So. Wow. So this yeah. was this was better, but I don't know. I don't know if the overall caseload has changed a lot, and I don't know for sure if the number of officers has changed significantly from then. I think the general population of the city may have grown a little bit in that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the the population of the school is also pretty similar. I think the schools are, are similar to what they were. Maybe the city has grown. So as far as my caseload, I haven't seen a huge... Difference either way less cases or way more cases. It's been pretty consistent. You'll have some peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. and it seems like you'll have a month where a lot of people are just wanting to resolve resolve the cases, and and so you feel like you don't have as much work. And then the next month there'll be three people that want a jury trial in three weeks. So all of a sudden you're you know you're really working uh, working a lot of hours this week, and then you know, last month we had a week we didn't have as many hours we worked. So I'm, she mentioned part time, full time. I'm technically a part time employee, but it's salaried, so it's not. Uh, I'm not paid by the hour. I'm paid to do the job. So um, I do track my hours and keep track and, and submit that. But it's it's really in my case because it can be so up and down. You know, the position is set up to just we're going to pay you. No matter how many hours it takes, this amount to handle the prosecution. So, in my in my case, it works it works pretty well. I was going to follow that up with if the increase in the population in the
0: city, if you've seen things change on either of your ends of things, but you kind of addressed that. So, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I, so it's that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, in my case, not a big, not a big big difference. And this, sh- you know, again, because I handle some sheriff's department and some Ohio State Highway Patrol cases. Their numbers um, have been pretty consistent, too. You know, we don't have a lot of, of sheriff deputies within the city limits, but the Ohio State Highway Patrol likes to be on 71, obviously, and then a few of the big state routes. So they'll be on 303. Uh, they'll be on 42. Um, they'll even, you know, they'll be on Boston Road, but a lot on 71. You know, they're, and they're looking for, you know, speeding, following too close, suspended drivers. Uh, but I think you know. I even feel like their size. Their the Medina Post is Post 52. The number of guys there has been pretty consistent over the last 20 years too. I think.
0: I'll sort of wrap things up here with, if you're expected to appear in mayor's court, you know, what what should you expect to to do, and what's the procedure for you um, as as far as somebody who's asked to appear there?
2: Well, so first of all, on their ticket, they're given the court date, and. Um, a lot of the tickets that are written for mayor's cards are waiverable so they can like take care of it before court. So really when you come to court, it's really kind of basic. you just sign in, have a seat. when your name is called, you go up before the mayor and a lot of times you don't have to have an attorney you know you can take care of it yourself. But you also can have an attorney if you want to. And a lot of times people who have, um, like, charged with OVI or an assault or something more serious, they'll choose to do that. But um, it really can be handled on your own. And, you know, you go before the mayor and the prosecutors there up on the bench, and you'll be fined and sentenced, and really that's about it.
1: Yeah, I would say, as she said, waiverable means that you we will go online or contact the clerk ahead of the court date, and, and you're going to plead guilty and just pay your fine. You don't need to come to court. Those are like minor misdemeanor uh, offenses. Anything uh, that's a little bit of a more serious nature, you can't just waive it. You're going to have to come in. So we treat it as a, we treat it as an arraignment, which is a first appearance just like any other court would. Uh, we'll call your name. You'll come up in front of the mayor, Ron Falcone, who, who is the mayor in our mayor's court. And he'll read the charge to you, and then you have an opportunity uh, to enter a plea. And if you plead guilty or no contest, plead guilty, he's going to find you guilty. If you plead no contest, he's going to review the complaint. And if it does cite an offense, he's going to find you guilty. And then before he gives you uh, any sort of penalty, he's going to give you a chance to say uh, what your side of it is. Uh, he'll, he'll let you say whatever you want to say or if you have an attorney they can too and then he's also going to look at look at the police report we'll have those up there and so he'll kind of see get the full picture and then his job is to structure the punishment uh, my job there is to answer any legal questions he has uh, maybe with regard to the charge maybe with regard to the sentence uh, I also have the ability to try to resolve some of the cases sometimes there's a case and there's four traffic charges and maybe uh, uh, one of the traffic charges uh, is 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 questionable or it's duplicative of another charge you know maybe somebody has multiple driving under suspension cases a lot of times i'll talk with the defendant or the attorney maybe we can get this resolved Uh, you're not going to get really a different sentence if you have three driving under suspensions or if you have two so sometimes I'll offer to dismiss a charge um, to get a case resolved sometimes I'll offer uh, I think I know an appropriate fine for what something is and and I'll say you know if you want to plead guilty I'll I'll recommend a reasonable fine for instance on a on a theft case you know obviously if you stole something we're gonna make you do uh, make you pay restitution which is pay back for what you took. Um, but we handle any theft from under $1,000. And so we probably issue fines a little bit different that someone uh, is at a grocery store, they're having a hard time making ends meet and they took some food versus somebody that stole, let's say, you know, 20 games from the game exchange just to try to resell them. So, you know, we do take into account their their prior history, uh, but we also look at the actual facts. So on some of of those, I might look at those and say, you know, if you want to plead guilty here, uh, I'll recommend this fine. So those theft cases, you steal a pack of gum, you're looking at a $1,000 fine. Six months in jail and a $1,000 fine for a pack of gum. So we might say on that, Judge, I don't think, in this case, Mayor, I don't think we need to send this person to jail for this. I also don't think we need to give them the maximum fine, but we need to give some sort of fine. We don't want to demean the seriousness of the offense. And we want there to be some incentive for the people in the, in the courtroom watching and for this person not to do it again. So we're not just going to say no fine. So I'm there to try to help, uh, help the mayor. And we sort some of those things out. And, uh, and if we can get them resolved, we get them resolved. I guess finally on the mayor's court, people may have questions about mayor's courts mayor's courts are set up by statute here in Ohio and they are their legal legitimate thing and the way it works is in in Ohio if you have a mayor's court you handle you know less serious offenses which which are misdemeanors and even within the misdemeanor realm we don't handle cases or misdemeanors that if you repeat they enhance so even within the misdemeanors we don't handle every misdemeanor and since uh, Brunswick is set up as a is not set up as a mayoral form of government it's set up as a, as a city manager form of government we're able to use our mayor who's elected to handle the mayor's court and so the, the advantage to the people that come in is, is there's a couple of things one is we do it in the evening and so people aren't going to have to miss work and when you come to our court we're going to get you in and out. You know within within an hour hour and a half tops so it's not going to to a big common police court in a big city and sitting there all day we'll get you in and out and the mayor's wearing a suit he's not wearing a robe so it's not as intimidating to the people coming in so they come in they're not missing work uh, they have a chance to get called up and come face to face with the mayor they get a chance to talk to him person to person and, and he'll listen. so you know, the whole process I think for the defendants the people coming in is 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 better and, and they feel I think not only feel that they're being heard by the mayor but they don't feel as intimidated as a regular court. so I think it's a nice thing that the city city of Brunswick that we have a mayor's court. Uh, not every city you know has a mayor's court Wadsworth for instance, another bigger city in the county and Medina doesn't have one you just go straight. To the municipal courts in those in those jurisdictions in front of a magistrate or a judge it's a it's a a big cattle call so to speak there's a lot of people around Uh, this being a little less formal it's not an official you know courtroom it's city council chambers but uh, the whole experience i think is a little gentler and what i've come to learn by talking to folks in in both places is that they they really like the chance to come in here and, and resolve their case or not resolve it, but be heard talk to me a lot of those other courts there's not a prosecutor right there but you know the prosecutors here the mayor's here the clerks here so I think it's a real nice nice thing for the citizens here
0: a less than ideal circumstance in why you're appearing but that you know you you have the ability to be heard and be there and despite it being not in a, a formal courtroom that it, but it has all of the handlings and treatment of formal court by yep. you yes. the mayor and everyone else involved and so that's a more personal touch, but, um, you know, with that same formality. So that, that is interesting and, and a very nice service to our residents.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So that'll wrap things up with Teresa and Matt here. It was a pleasure to speak with both of you. Make sure to listen to this episode and other episodes of Who Are You and What Do You Do as we talk to all different types of people in the city of Brunswick. Check it out at bat.vibe.com or on many podcast platforms. So until next time, everybody, see you.